1: This is the John Oakley Show Podcast. He keeps talking about wanting to put money into classrooms in this province. Bring that investment, bring that investment to the table for students in this province because it hasn't happened yet. All right, Sam Hammond earlier today at Queen's Park, he of course with the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario and his message for Minister Lecce you know, quibbling over whether or not there's actually going to be good faith investments in education in the province. Government says they've upped the amount of money in the education system, so uh, we know we're at loggerheads here, and is there a resolution in sight? I don't see it personally, but uh, Merritt Stiles is the NDP's education critic, joining the Oakley Show this afternoon at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Merritt, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's nice to be here.
1: Well, good to have you here because I mean uh, everything now is percolating and when uh, we just heard Sam Hammond suggest that he's got a message for Minister Lecce, uh in general, I guess the idea of the whole protest today was to send a message to the Ford government. Uh do you believe a message was actually sent?
0: I do. I mean, I think it's first of all it's historic. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of strike. We saw a protest maybe 20, you know, 20 years ago, but we haven't seen a walkout like this with all four unions, education unions, so it's it's historic, and I think actually the level of support, even though I know that it's it's really been tough on families. I'm a, a parent of a student in public school, um, and I know it's tough on families, but I have to say I think that the support overall has still been pretty, uh, pretty incredible, and so I think that uh, education workers today sent a very strong message to uh, Mr. Ford.
1: Well, all right, uh, and that message, will it move them, do you think? I mean, is it going to move the needle?
0: Well, I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I got to tell you, we we spent a lot of this week in the NDP and the opposition, uh, bringing in the voices of parents and and students into the legislature. You know, t- sharing uh, letters that we're receiving. Uh, with the Minister of Education and the premier uh, look you know we should not be in this place I, I certainly don't want my kid not at school today I think that's I speak for all parents uh, I think most I think education workers want to be teaching and, 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 and teaching those kids and here we are and this this is at the feet of Doug Ford right because uh, we shouldn't be out we shouldn't have two million kids out of school today uh, the premier is not doing his job if we don't get a deal
1: All right. Uh, Yet it takes two to tango. And uh, I guess, you know, he wants to make sure he's got an active uh, dance partner, if I can use that figurative expression. But so you believe the rank and file are acting in total solidarity? I mean, because I just read a a letter from an outlier, a a teacher, a female uh, self-admitted anyway, and says, you know, this is all about bully tactics by your union. She doesn't support that. It's merely about retaining union membership and jobs.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I, you know, I I to say, like I was here today at Queens Park. I'm still at Queens Park. I uh, there were probably at least thirty thousand people here today, um, and and I think what's interesting is too, like that all of the unions are united, which is unusual, right? It's not always that way, and so to have all of those unions. Who represent different education workers in the system, all coming together. That's pretty. That's pretty incredible and and unusual. And I think that that speaks to the unity. I had a lot, like hundreds and hundreds of uh, teachers and other education workers I met today who are very much in support. I, I met. I'll tell you. I just just tell you one story. I had. I met these two sisters who are both uh, teachers in the Catholic system. Um, they're they're combined teaching experience in 70 years, and they told me, they pulled me aside to tell me, this is the fight of their lives. That's how they see it. So, you know, I'm sure there are people who don't necessarily support it, um, but, and it will get harder, but but the support among the membership does seem to be there still.
1: Well, it's interesting you cite that, because uh, earlier today at lunch, uh, two of my companions at lunch have daughters who are teachers, and uh, just canvassing them, of course, it's, you know, totally informal, but, uh they said there is one major complaint that they have as teachers. And uh, before I let the cat out of the bag, what are you hearing from teachers if there's one overarching complaint or issue? What is it?
0: Well, I think that for a lot of the teachers, it's the lack of support for kids with special needs. I, I, that is probably the number one issue I actually hear from teachers themselves. And classroom size, for sure. Like, for them, that's that's about the quality of education. It's about their ability to manage a class and the kind of ability to reach those kids at the back of the class who are maybe you know, having more struggles that they can't necessarily literally reach um, the bigger the classes. So that's, that's a real struggle for teachers. It's about the quality of the education they can provide. But I think that that really for a lot of teachers, and we saw this happen under the liberals too, right? Like we've had years and years and years where we are not seeing the kind of support in the classroom for kids who are struggling and for kids with special needs that we need to have. That is a, that is a, that is a real problem. Uh, the most vulnerable kids are falling through the cracks, and I think every, you know teachers really see that. And so that for is what I keep hearing from them as the major issue.
1: Well, that's interesting, then, because uh, the other day uh, we were apprised, I guess it was a piece in the Globe and Mail, and I was citing that, uh, the last Friday of negotiations with uh, the Elementary Teachers' Federation, it broke down on the issue of benefits and uh... whereas the union wanted like a seven percent increase the government was offering four and you know it got into the weeds with copay no copay and i thought really uh... is that what this is about i thought it was about the quality of education and caring about the kids why wouldn't the unions then make concessions on wages and benefits
0: Well, you know that that is in the weeds right like i'm not at the bargaining table and i i don't i think that you know honestly a lot of those things i've heard the government raise those issues a lot in the last couple of days saying that that's what the sticky point is that's not what I hear when I talk to people who are around the table on the other side. I, I don't know, but I got to tell you that for sure, that is not what teachers are obsessed with right now. What they're really worried about is that the government's already started to increase class sizes. They're already seeing the impact of these cuts, and it is it is changing the way that they can teach, and that's a real problem. And for as a parent, you know that's what I care about, right? And I think um, I think if, if we all know that. That the quality of teaching is going to get worse. Look, there's a reason why some pe- wealthier people put their kids in private schools because they can get a, a ratio of 14 to 1.
1: Yeah, and you know why and that is, that's
0: though. That's not what we do no, in
1: public school. System. Merit, the answer to that is the private school teachers aren't paid what public school teachers are.
0: Yeah, well, that's true, and they also aren't necessarily <laughs> as qualified, right? Well. <laughs> but that, that's true, too, right? And so, you know, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think unfortunately, that what we have here is a government that that is is trying to um, cut uh, costs. They they say they got to deal with their deficit, but then you know where are they cutting? They're cutting out of schools. We cannot afford this.
1: All right, so but that listen, is
0: our our priority.
1: I, okay, if we were to uh, accept that, and uh, as you're hearing from parents and the teachers as well, but you know as I said, I heard from a teacher earlier, and uh, you know she says. For example, that uh, it's all about jobs and uh, protecting those and union dues and yada yada. But if wages and benefits, just to back up for a second, uh, is one of those sticking points that was brought up in the last negotiating round on Friday, there seems to be a disconnect between the teachers and their union. The union's still playing the wages and benefits thing, that card, uh, and the teachers just want more money poured into the classroom for the sake of the kids. So the union should concede on that point. Shouldn't that be a a point that might might break the logjam?
0: You know, I, I mean, what I'm hearing is, again, like, I'm not at the bargaining table, but I will say, I think, like, the government has imposed a 1% cap on, on increases in the public sector anyway. Mm-hmm. They, legisl- they're have they legislating that. Right. So, so I mean, really what the, the education workers are saying is, like, we have a right, we should have a right to bargain um, an increase in salary. But I think that it's pretty clear that the number one issue um, that... That we are hearing from the membership that they've got to be hearing from their own membership is classroom size. So I, I got to say, I mean, unions are run by their members, and I'm feeling that definitely in the streets, in the picket lines. When I talk to teachers, that that is the number one issue, and I know that's what I'm hearing from the leadership as well.
1: Well, Minister Lecce said in response to this issue over, uh, and this was Sam Hammond when he brought it to the fore, according to the Globe's piece about wages, benefits, the benefit package specifically. He said, "Yeah, uh, you know something, we'd rather pour the money into the quality of education." So I got a sense from him. He was intimating that that's where his priorities uh, lie. Why wouldn't that be the same for the unions?
0: This is what I don't understand, though, is I, I've, you know, I ask the Minister of Education a question almost every single day, and I've been doing that for months uh, about to, to reverse these cuts to classrooms, and he has refused to do that. Um, I don't even think this should be a bargaining issue. I don't think that this government should be using this on the bargaining table. This is not an issue that should be t- negotiated. This is something that Ontario parents... And students, and there's survey after survey that show this. I'm sure the government's own survey shows this, but they won't release it. Um, you know, that, that, is, that is the priority of, of parents. We do not want to see classroom sizes increase like this. We don't want to see courses cut. And we sure as hell don't want to see um, our, our kids get fewer supports in class. And we don't like this mandatory e-learning program either. So why are they even negotiating that? Why are they even making that an issue at the bargaining table? That should be something they reverse because people don't want it. It shouldn't be a part of the bargaining decision, in my opinion. It should be something that they they reverse right now because Ontarians don't
1: want it. Well, uh, that may well be, but uh, they want to rationalize costs and something's got to give. So uh, let's see where the unions can come up with uh, perhaps some creative solutions to finding rationalizations or efficiencies in the system. Merritt, i got to let you go, but I appreciate your weighing in, and we'll see this story obviously continues, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again
0: Absolutely. Thank too you long. so much, John.
1: You're welcome. Merritt Stiles, NDP's education critic. I wanted to open the lines. You know, if there are teachers uh, that might have resembled the remarks made by uh, my self-described teacher, whose name uh, I can't divulge, but when she wrote me that letter yesterday, I thought, geez, you know, uh, how many else feel like this? Uh, And I'll repeat, I'm an ETFO member teacher. I can tell you that the strike is all about job security and sustaining what we have in our package right now. I'm 100% against the union's insistence on striking. However, ETFO's a big machine that can't be stopped, even though many teachers don't want to be on strike and lose a ton of money. Sam Hammond and the ETFO publicly shame uh, union is one big bully. I've inquired about not striking and have been advised that they'll find me 500 a day and publicly shame me by publishing my name. I'm a single mom and I'm going into financial ruin from this strike. They want us to be financial martyrs because teachers are the only ones losing in this battle. Sam Hammond's not losing a dime. This strike is all about keeping jobs 100%. So is this... Uh, something that is reflective in how a lot of teachers may be thinking. Do you support the union or rather feel like a pawn in a union power play? Are you feeling financial hardship because of the strike? Let me hear from teachers. I'll open the lines. 870-6400. 870-6400. Uh, and as I asked Merritt Styles, the NDP's education critic, if there is just one single overarching issue for you, what would it be? You know when she cited supports, class sizes in there? Didn't bring up wages and benefits, interestingly. Not that she was hearing from teachers. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.